James Bond. Charming, sophisticated secret agent. <laughs> Shaken, but not disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? Maybe it's a 10-year plan. Is that the guy at the old boss? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Hey, come on, I bet they're nice. Yes, it is. It's the guy with the old-ass ball. Here we are, episode 14 of 14 episodes. This is Sean Connery's seventh movie. Shaken, not stirred, the definitive James Bond movie podcast is back. And back, unfortunately, to talk about 1985, 1984, View to a Kill? What, what year are we even in at this point? It's 85. Wait, no? 85, right? Yeah. Rocky Moore, 85. by the way. Yeah. I don't know why I was reading the thing about Sean Connery before. Um, I don't know why I said Sean Connery. I didn't even notice. I got <laughs> Start it over. Just start it over. Start the whole goddamn thing over. No, no, fuck this. We're, ro- we're, ro- we're rolling with it. You know, if- if Roger Moore was senile in this one, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a character actor, okay? I want to be senile in this thing. I want to be forgetting things. Pill, any pills to, you know, to sleep. Pills to go to, pills to wake up. Pills so to that, get it hard. That explains it. That explains <laughs> I, you. I, I wasn't going to admit that one, but I figured somebody, somebody was going to take that one on. That yeah. explains your facelift as well, so. Yes, it explains Sean Connery's facelift. It explains Sean Connery's mole that was removed. Sean why Connery? Why the fuck do I keep calling Sean Connery? Probably edit this out. Edit that. Just fucking scrap this. Start it all over. We haven't even gone anywhere. Just, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Trash keep going. this shit. Keep going. Uh, Come on. Yeah, we're just we're just gonna power through. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Shake it, not third. The definitive James Bond movie podcast. Here we are, episode fourteen. Roger Moore's seventh movie. Holy shit! Roger Moore is doing seven fucking movies. This guy's got old ass balls. He had a facelift. His mole was removed. It is ridiculous. At least he was self-aware. He knew he was old. He almost didn't want to do it because he was old, but can't blame him for taking the check. 1985. Back to the future. future, Rocky IV. All of them came out the exact same time as this movie. Damn, Rocky IV. Putting a view to a killer yes. shade. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dolph interesting. Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren was in this before he was in. Uh, I know. Rocky Four came out. Wow. A little extra. Yeah. Even Sean Connery said Roger Moore was too old for this movie. So, uh, you know, I everybody's even, aware. I didn't even know Dolph Lundgren was in this movie till we like prepped for this. Like going <laughs> going into. Oh, at the pony track. I mean, he's like so out of view. Like you don't even recognize him unless you're like, "Hey, Dolph Lundgren's in this movie." I and saw you, it through like, Amazon. When you have the uh, the credits on the side, it pulled them up. It like, oh, identified them. Oh, good call. Yeah. Good that's, call. That's the only way I would even know that he was like that extra KGB guy. Love it, man. All right. Let's talk about it. Let's get into this one. Don't really know why, but Sean Connery's back. Are you Sean Connery? Fucking Roger Moore is back. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I really, I really can't get this right today. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> We're going to start a shot. Times we referred to it as the wrong Bond act. Wow. 
<laughs> yeah, we we need a new chart. The amount of times Mike fucks up the opening of this movie. This movie is so bad, I can't even get my shit together. You wanted Connery to be in this one so fucking bad. Uh, I wanted anybody but Roger Moore. The, <laughs> the Rock was also set in San Francisco, just like this movie. So we're pretty close. Oh, anyway, so Roger Moore's old ass is back. Um, let's talk. Let's talk about the plot. Look, it, it's Goldfinger, except they decided to go with technology. And unfortunately, every time you try to do a plot around technology, it pretty much dates itself about eight minutes after you release it. Gold is forever. Microchips are not. I'm 6.5. I think they thought this thing through. I like the presentation of, of Max Zorin here. I like that he is basically a, uh, a test tube Nazi psychopath who's trained by the KGB and is also a, a tech nerd. I like all of this. a lot of gunpowder in this. They just didn't really seem to set the fuse correctly. Mike, I agree with you. Great job pointing out the Goldfinger reference as well because Project Main Strike is basically Operation Grand Slam. Just um, mm-hmm. better name, out Sil- yeah, better name, better name. I mean, even wiping the out Silicon the Valley here, but even the setup's you know, the same, yeah. right? You got a you got a bunch of goons around a table. A, a big a big model comes up out of the center. You yep. explain the whole plot. They off the one guy who doesn't want to be a part of it. It's awesome. Well, it's a, it's the same concept. Also, yep. is you're wiping out all the makers of the other microchips, so they're just going to get Zorin's microchips as opposed to yep. Goldfinger wiping out the U.S. gold supply, so they're getting like his gold will rise. Same same deal, hundred percent. Great Indeed. great point out on that. I liked I like the overall plot because it doesn't really fail you. You have some great destinations here. You get the Eiffel Tower scene. You get the Golden Gate Bridge scene. You go from Siberia to Paris. You know, you're you're kind of all over the map. I like that. I gave it a six. Uh, I didn't think it. I didn't think it let you down at all, but it didn't really take you to to any new heights. Like what you mentioned about the plot and setting, I love the San Francisco aspect. Uh, Roger Moore was good friends with the mayor at the time, so they got to do whatever the hell they wanted, shoot anywhere, anytime. Good on him for that. I love the blimp scene. Again, reminded me of Golden uh, Goldfinger. Excuse me, and just like Goldfinger, he had a band of women. Instead of uh, the flying circus, he had Mayday and her two friends, but he kills them off. So Strong plot. Could have been done better. I was at a 6.5. Enjoyable, watchable. I like the ponies, too. Yeah, ponies is a great point. I was just about to bring that up. Like, this is the only, besides, like, casino bond, this is the only, like, degenerate gambler bond that we really see. Like, betting on some ponies. And M's with them, too. And Money Penny. Money Penny obviously gets the freaking pony wrong. But Bond's smart enough to know that, like, I'm going to bet on the bad guy's pony and it's going to win every time. I love that aspect of it. But honestly, like, outside of the microchips and him, like, using the San Andreas fault to, like, explode Silicon Valley, I, I really didn't understand the plot, to be quite honest with you. I was kind of confused by some aspects of it. But as y'all mentioned, love the settings. Um, I gave it 6.0. I think the plot's pretty straightforward. Eliminate the competition, jack your price and you charge everybody in that blimp $100 million in order to do it because they're all going to become multi-billionaires. Now, the problem, uh, while I appreciate the the pony aspects, it's an hour and five minutes that plays <laughs> almost no part in the entire movie. No, nope. oh, they could have cut it out. You don't need it. I mean, other than like you don't. some 100% right. Other than some character yep. development, some creepy Roger Moore scenes, some really bad stunt double work, 
and uh, uh, two completely awkward scenes with with Mayday, it, it delivers nothing to the overall plot. <laughs> yeah, like it's an it's an hour of just you could have made this movie an hour long. We could have made a TV uh, mini movie. The only thing I, I agree, can think Mike. of, the only thing I think of is that they kind of humanize maybe M a little bit, a little bit. This new M, that's the only thing I can think of is like the character development between M and this new M and Bond that we really didn't get in the previous movie. Um, but you're right. They could have like cut whatever, 10, 15 minutes, which I enjoy. I honestly, I, I enjoyed it, it, but it just like takes it, a break from the whole movie. Like, Oh, they're going to die together. Yeah. It's, we're going to, we're like going to bet ponies. It's the Seinfeld equivalent of the bond movie, right? It's an hour where nothing happened. Yeah. Right. It, was it, 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 it was entertaining, but it serves no purpose. It only it only builds some character storyline, you know. It gives you a bigger right. look into Max Zorin. It gives you Correct. a look into Mayday, and that's about it. None none right, of the right. stuff that happens around the horses, like nothing happens with him giving him steroids. That has nothing to do with the the end result of this at all. Nope. But you get and, to see the, Mayday flex her muscles. That's about yeah. it. And, and the useless plot actually serves to hurt the Bond girl in this movie. During the, the opening garden parties, you have the, the strong, silent, independent woman that's not putting up with any of James Bond's bullshit. And then we pivot to San Francisco and she becomes another one of these useless Bond girls who are totally helpless, even though they're supposed to be you know, incredibly educated you know, in just 10 minutes prior, they were, you know, strong and independent. And now they just completely take that away. I think you're talking about two different girls, Mike. No, no, because I mean, St- Stacy Sutton in the early part, she's dealing with Max Zorin. She's getting a $5 million check. Bond goes to hit on her and she basically tells him to piss off and Mayday comes in to save her. Oh, like, that's She's not putting, okay. she's not putting right. up with any of Bond's bullshit. And then all of a sudden switch to San Francisco and she's useless, right? All, I thought all she you were getting Jenny screen. Flex confused there. No, 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 no. No, don't confuse Jenny Flex. Jenny Flex is probably my favorite Bond girl in quotations in this movie. Anything else on plot you guys want to talk about? I think everything I would want to mention comes up in another subcategory. I'm through with plot. Yep. <laughs> we covered it. All right, let's talk about old balls. Hello. I thought you might like to join the party. By the way, the name is James St. John Smythe. I'm yes, Smythe. I'm English. I never would have guessed. <laughs> Really? Yeah, that pretty much sums up everything we're getting out of Roger Moore in this movie, guys. Dude, yeah. he's fifty-seven. He, but he's he's also seven. self-aware. He went on record. I was only about four hundred years too old for this part. Absolutely right. Tell you what, for as bad as he is throughout this film as Bond, it's a great white tux. He pulls off a good white tux. Roger Moore doing the doing the main staples of the bond looking good in you know looking good in the tux looking good in the uh, in the navy blazer delivering the the typical bond line while a little quirkier roger moore always hit those notes problem was for the other things roger moore obviously he wasn't doing stunts to begin with but now you've got this really really old guy and then you see some guy like, you know, jumping from a bridge or doing something. It just got so out of hand. Overall, I think it was pretty tough to watch Roger Moore in this one, guys. They would pull it off more if the approach to the movie was like James Bond's about to retire. That way it's kind of maybe pulling off this older Bond. 
but they don't they don't go in that direction. The only thing I can think of, I liked when he was undercover. I liked him trying to pull this Smythe character off. Sigmund Smythe might be my favorite Bond cover ever. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's I, perfect. I, I, He's like this ultimate pretentious douchebag. Yes. That just rolls up with the, the Rolls Royce Phantom. Yeah. It's great. St. John Smythe, yeah. St. John, yeah. And same as St. John, it's like St. John, right? St. John, yeah. Yeah. St. John. St. John. St. John. That's what it is. St. John Smythe. St. John Smythe. I like the scene where he had the tape recorder and it was like a pre recorded conversation with him and Mr. Mm -hmm. Tibbet. I thought that was a pretty like smooth uh, thing that uh, Morris Bond did. Uh, I thought it was simple and ingenious. Otherwise, most of the movie is just brutal to watch him in these fight scenes. Like, they're mostly just him grappling, I feel like. I mean, f- I mean fight scenes. Can, can we talk about this scene for a second? The highlight of the movie. Hey, voila. Quiche. <laughs> James Bond makes Sounds a fucking quiche. Mm. <laughs> what is it? He makes a goddamn Mama. quiche. <laughs> like, if you look at some of the stuff that happens in this movie, outside of the one shotgun that he fires, James Bond never fires a gun in this movie, but he makes a fucking quiche. He shot rock salt and made a quiche. What? What kind of hero are we talking about here? Hey, it looked like a good quiche. Oh, look delicious. Yeah. <laughs> it did. It, it did. Oh, I, I, knows his I, way I around have, the kitchen, apparently. I have no doubt that the man knows how to cook. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, I think he had his highest uh, bed count so far with four. And I think two of them were in the opening scene. Mostly cringeworthy, but... And I'm pretty sure he could have been the grandfather of every single one of them. Probably. That's actually yeah. true. Guys, this is my lowest Bond score. I gave him a two. 2.0. I don't have much else to say about him, honestly. I'm with you, Trey. I'm scoring him low. Not quite as low as you. I scored him a 3.5. I was a little bit more generous on his his outfit, his white tux. Scored him some points. I don't know. He's getting old, but as Supo pointed out, he knows he's old. You, said, you said it. The fight scenes catered to him, but... 3.5 for me. I went with a 4.0, and he knew it was the end. His final scene, what is he doing? Besides the shower intimacy, he throws in the towel physically. 4.0. I love Raj Moore's bond. He did a great job overall, but time was not on his side, and that's my only knock on him. I was going to be a little higher, and then I watched Raj Moore stump double pull this scene right here. Oh. Um, <laughs> clearly. Not sure. <laughs> uh, and he's wearing like, weird... He's wearing that weird old man moonraker sweatsuit. Yeah, uh, it was it was it was rough. I was a I was a three here. This is this is not a Bond highlight. No. Yes. On the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, moving on to the villains. Fantastic. Stab you in your hands, your throat, your face. So you need to know where you stand with them at all times. The only. Way to know where you stand with someone is to look into their eyes, right? <laughs> Normally, plants don't have eyes, so it's hard for me to trust them. Hence, googly eyes. Still, a good rule of thumb is don't turn your back on a cactus. Not- By the way, that's my absolute fucking favorite SNL skits of all time. It's Christopher Walken as the, uh, the man who's scared of plants. Brilliant. That and the Continental. I love the Continental. Continental's great. And since we're still talking about walking, we're going to get a double clip opening here. Death, you are my bitch lover! (laughs) Todd, that's good! (laughs) Tell him, Mean Ocean! That's our second wedding 
uh, Wedding Crash. Yes. But... It is our second. We got a lot of crossover here. Bond, Wedding Crashers, a lot of other movies. But uh, Max Zorin, fantastic Bond villain. He's great. Yep. Great um, villain, better actor. Yep. Uh, Ex-KGB agent. Awesome name. Owns Zorin Industries. Just He's, to be clear, it is not affiliated with Zoring uh, Fashion Design. We had to be told that we, if we don't mention this, we get sued. But back to your point. Okay. Wow, great point. I don't want to get sued. Thanks for that, Soup. Um, At the beginning of the movie. He's, he's everything I wanted Hugo Drax to be, pretty much. I love the scene where he has Bond in his study, and he just discovers who Bond is on his computer search. And his reaction where he just chuckles when Bond's in the room is, like, perfect. And it's just that senile character that he has throughout the movie where he's like chuckling at all these parts, like where he's in the mine and he's like, he has this AK or whatever automatic weapon he has. He's just gunning all these people down that are like running away. He's just like kind of laughing. Like a, like cold blooded. Cold blooded. His people. Yeah. Yeah. Absolute psychopath. I like when he calls Bond out on his incompetence when he catches him like on the horse race. I love that. What else do I like? I got all these notes here because I love him so much. He has a businessman who doesn't agree to pay him $100 million, so he just throws him off the plane. It's a blimp, blimp, my friend. It's a blimp. (laughs) Yeah, throws him off the blimp. Just whatever. Just throws him off the blimp. Uh, Also, how badass is it as a villain just riding around in a blimp? Like, not even a private jet, just a private blimp. It's hilarious. Awesome. Awesome. He He grinds up another guy in the water with, like, this fan, and he just, again, is just, like, hysterical doing it. And um, I don't know. Anytime he was on the screen, guys, this is when I was invested in the movie. More so than what Bond does. Big fan of Max Zorn here. Uh, I think the only thing that kept me from giving him a 10, he may be one of my favorite Bond villains, but the only thing that kept me from being in a 10 is I think Roger Moore held him back on like a few scenes. That where they got physical, I should say. Not acting-wise, but where they got physical. I'm... I'm with you. You hit most of the, the great points here for Max Zorn. Psychopath, rich. Yeah. You do, you do kind of wish, you know, past Bond villains had, you know, the actor capable of, of hitting those heights. Um, you do miss a few good fight scenes, I guess, between Bond and your main villain. Doesn't yeah. really happen. He's supposed to be like this jujitsu karate guy that you see fighting Mayday and he pins Mayday down. Right. And you, don't, you, don't, like, you don't see anything like that. Yeah, you don't, you don't get any of that. But, again, ruthless, cold-blooded kills. Yep. Great acting. Funny, great acting. Funny enough about the actor, I did read somewhere that David Bowie was initially offered the role and turned it down. No, you, you, you actually have that incorrect, my friend. So, the role was written for David Bowie. David Bowie agreed to it. He did Labyrinth they, instead, no? So, before they started filming – when he got the script, he realized that it was just going to be a lot of work and not what he wanted to do. That's when he walked away. So the character was actually like, they, they wrote it based on Sting. That's like who they had in their mind. And it was Sting. supposed to it was Sting. The singer, uh, not the wrestler. Yeah, the singer, the, the singer, not the wrestler. So, but uh, Bowie actually agreed. Bowie agreed to, uh, he had initially like agreed to the movie, then read the script and was basically like, this is dog shit. You know, Sting, and, and went on and did, did something Sting is actually a hero of mine. You know, the music that he makes is so moving. I don't really <laughs> listen to it, but the fact that he's making it, awesome. But what, Desert Rose. so hot right now. No? 
That Hansel, so hot. So right hot. <laughs> but you're missing. But you're you're also missing one of the one of the biggest parts of Max Zor in here, right? And this guy was a KGB operative that essentially tells the KGB to go fuck itself, and they yeah. don't do anything. This guy is so scary and so psychopathic and so connected. The KGB just says, "Okay, we're not going to do anything to him." Yeah, and he's got that weird Nazi doctor by his side at all times, yes. like, like the guy that that created the it. Too basically. Can we also talk about the fact that the whole scene, like the whole scene at the French chalet, he's walking around with a monocle on. Like, yep, the guy, that insane doctor has a fucking monocle on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Trey just wanted to squeeze in my score before I give it over to to Mike and Soup. I had an eight point five on Bond villain, so I was right behind you there. Uh, I was also at an 8.5 and something I really appreciated, just like Aura Goldfinger. He had a physical model of his evil plan. Anybody can have it in their head, but to have it fucking built out like that, psycho. Uh, Award-winning actor, too, on Christopher Walken's part. Awesome. I wish we would have had somebody like this to stick around instead of all those Blofelds. Again, all of his trusted allies were like those strong female types very different than what we've seen in the past and just all around awesome 8.5 i was uh i was an 8.0 here now we're probably oh. never gonna put now we're probably never gonna put this in the actual podcast but as i was looking this up i realized that christopher walken's character in batman begins is basically the exact same fucking character office <laughs> max schrader nothing surprises me chip except your late mother who'd have thought selena had a brain to damage Bottom line, she tries to blackmail me. I'll drop her out a higher window. Meantime, I got better fish to fry. Drop her out of a blimp. It's so good. Fellas, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but Bond villain was the height, and we're about to take a nosedive. And I'm about to take a nosedive because I just unwillingly, unwillingly poured a black double IPA. Was Was not expecting it, but... Grab the wrong can, so here we are. Well, we're uh, the the back end of this podcast is we're, we're got to drag this out, so the uh, so the ABV <laughs> kicks in. <laughs> so DJ starts slurring. The longer it drags out, the better. <laughs> hey, then we'll start picking on you, so you can't defend yourself again. Exactly. <laughs> no, we're not going to be like Bond and take advantage of a drunk person. So what, none of that here. Yeah, that that already happened. Every time I confuse Sean Connery and Roger Moore, you have the drink. <laughs> Love it. For those playing the home game, you should be shit faced at this point. <laughs> uh, all right, well, well, so we uh, so we go from uh, Max Zorin to Stacy Sutton, Tanya Roberts, <laughs> James. Oh my Thomas. god! Who wants to start it off on this one? She couldn't even hear a Zeppelin chase behind her. Hold on. No, it's, knowing what everyone has scored so far, Supel definitely needs to start this one. <laughs> okay. She couldn't hear a Zeppelin coming up behind her. You guys were telling me all week, oh, she drives a fire truck. She's a cartographer. She looks at maps. She also screams James a thousand times and has thousand. A, gun, a, a gun filled with rock salt. And her cat looked annoying as hell. 1.5 on Stacey Sutton, my lowest Did score you? to date. Did, did you notice the name of the cat? I did not care for her or her cat, so I did not learn its name. <laughs> if, you, if, if you pause it on the cat bull, the cat's name is Pussy as a, a reference to Pussy Galore. Oh. Okay, she might go up to her too. 
Well, she started started the day at a zero point five, <laughs> folks at home. Zero point five from uh, soup to start uh, it, and it, uh, it's currently rising. A few of us have changed eyes because you mentioned the fire truck scene and her photography skills, but now where do I start with Stacy Sutton? And she was supposed to be a good actress. Start start with the positive. I, I don't I don't Let's think she. I I think she's a decent actress. She actually yeah. has a terrible role here. Yep. Uh, I will give you that. I, you don't see I, much of her, I feel like. You don't, you don't you see don't. much of her. She, she's kind of just like a tertiary character in what's happening around her. You know, there's Zorn and Mayday and Bond, and then Stacey Sutton is just kind of somewhere on the outskirts of that. And her name stinks. Not a great name, but she does give Bond the whole lowdown of what Zorn's actually planning to do. So she kind of unfolds the full plot to him. Bond doesn't know it at this point in what, like what happens when these pipelines burst and how it's going to flood Silicon Valley, the whole, the whole deal. Mm. And she was getting paid, right? To, for all this info, like she was going to get $5 million to sell her company, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So Correct. she, she lost the proxy war for control. So as a means of buying her out, he was going to buy out all of her shares for $5 million. Right. So Stacy actually dive, divulges the plan to Bond so he is now informed because of her so I think that scored some points for me she does I know Trey you hate this but she does cause the blimp to crash (laughs) whether it was deliberate or not is up for discussion but she is she is the reason behind the blimp crashing into the Golden Gate Bridge there's no way that was deliberate (laughs) there's just no way but she is behind it. Listen, I didn't, I didn't score high at all. I scored at a 3.5, but I needed, I needed to make a few points that's, that save her score at least a little bit. She's, she's a 3.5. Okay. I, I gave her a three, and I gave her a point for her looks because she is a good-looking woman. I gave her a point for her ability to drive a fire truck because I cannot <laughs> – there's no way I could drive a fire truck, like zero chance. So I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt to be able to drive a fire truck in a police chase, mind you. Like being chased by the police, I would crash it, no doubt. I, I can barely. I don't know what it is. We're we're 14 movies into this. Every single time they show like U.S. cops, it's it's like cult, like the, the the fucking clampets. None of them know how to drive. Cars are flying all over the place. How is it that like the, the American law enforcement in, in, in the Bond universe doesn't know how to drive? Don't yeah. disrespect J.W. Pepper like that, buddy. Oh, I'm oh, disrespecting gosh. J.W. Pepper like that. Because we might, have, we, might as well have had, we might as well have had him in this movie. No, we had Chuck Lee instead. <laughs> Chuck Lee. Going back to my point before uh, Mike interrupted me. Um, her also, I gave her another point, or her ability, her acting ability, and also to DJ's point, her divulging all the plans, Zorn's plan to bond, and I lost my train of thought here. We're going to edit this out. Um, well, you made four points, and you only gave her three points, so you don't know how to add. <laughs> no. So I, I gave her, like, a point for her acting and giving you her – listen, it's all one point. It's all one point. But <laughs> It can't be one point. One point is one point. Okay, well, it's like I, I'm breaking it down into decimals. Half a, a point a and half a point. Half a point Correct. here, half a point there. Correct. And uh, her divulging the plan and, like, her mistakenly crashing the blimp and, like, breaking a vase over a guy's head occasionally. That's it. 
She still had it in hand if she broke it, thinking she could fix it. We also spent all week telling Supel he better come ready to defend a 0.5 score on this podcast. <laughs> I was and, so ready for it. And I was so ready. Hey, I think some of you guys changed yours too, but I'm not a rat. I, I have never I scored a 0.5. No. Never. My, my scores always fluctuate. Like, nothing's ever final until, like, we start recording. 0.5 might as well be non-existent. Like, there is no Bond girl in this film. So I wish I'm she didn't exist. I wish she didn't exist. <laughs> 0.5 <laughs> is brutal, my friend. Give me two Maydays. Yeah, I wish we had Ginny Flex, honestly, as the Bond girl. I think there could have been some well, kind of development there. And what was the other gay, uh, girl's name? Uh, Ivanova. Ivanova. Originally, so, they wanted Anya back, too. Yeah, Ivanova. so Mike they – so, Yeah, so they desperately tried to make that triple X, and she just told them no. She was like, no, I'm not coming back to the movie. What? It would have been – Thank God. Yeah. Well, I like, would have it, but – at least would have been like a full circle thing, right? Uh, It'd be know, cool. That Bond's worked with. I, I think it would have yeah. worked. I think it would have worked. Um, other than like just assuming that Bond had worked with this random KGB agent and had relations with. Instead, we got Octopussy and Mona Adams for the third time. <laughs> I, I like Jersey Octopussy, though. All right, what's next? What we got? No, Mike, you, you, what did you score Bond Girl, Mike? 4.0. 4.0. Okay. I think, so, I, think I'm the high, I think I'm the high score here. You so are. What's, what's, I think I'm the high score here. <laughs> During the first half of the movie, I like the mysterious nature of Stacey Sutton. I like the mysterious uh, – I like her, you know, wanting nothing to do with Bond. I like her – you know, when Bond walks into her, her empty house, she walks out with a shotgun on him. I like all of the early Stacey stuff. And then it just makes a turn for awful. And then she does nothing else. So, you know, as I started to accumulate points for, you know, she, you know, like all Bond girls, she, she's a good looking Bond girl. That goes without saying. They, they do not cast, um, they don't tend to cast women thank, thank that are not. That. That, permission to, to, to rephrase. Up until <laughs> this point, they have not casted a Bond girl that did not please the eye. Debatable. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Debatable. In any case. All right, whatever. <laughs> Fuck you all. <laughs> I, I, either way, so I, I got to the four-point range, and then we get into the meat of the movie, and she really stinks. She does nothing. Her What's her big contribution? Her and Bond go to look at documents in folders. You Crashes know, the ooh, blimp. Ooh, drama. You know, and then she Pops just yells. And, she yells and screams, and, and then that's just basically useless. And then she ends up in the shower with a 100-year-old Roger Moore. So, 4.0. Low scores all around. This yeah. is yeah. Stacey Sutton's going to be, you know, basement. basement basement Bond girl tier, I think, for all of us. Doesn't, yeah. doesn't do anything special for anyone, but the scores speak for themselves. Hate to see it. Hate to see it. <laughs> Guns, cars, gadgets? At the robot dog kind of thing. That was kind of cool. Let me, so, let, let's start with so this. Before, before we go into scoring this. You have you have a lot of guns, cars, gadgets that kind of happen in this film. Mm-hmm. What did what did you all think was the best one? I loved Max Zorin's uh, facial recognition thing. It was yep. so good. The C- CIA thought it was real and inquired with the producers about it. And just like the Thunderball breather, it did not exist at the time. It, but it, it gave the cool. CIA, It did give the CIA the idea to invent it and make it happen. Yeah, it was cool. Second uh, Bond invention. That I happened. think 
My favorite are the x-ray glasses. I'm assuming those are x-ray glasses, right? No. No, no they're, like, they're fucking polarized glasses. It allows them to does, see through glass better. Those things yeah. fucking stunk. They look I, stupid. He looks even older. Oh, I'm jumping all over they, you on this one. They they're, fucking they're aviators. How oh, they look stupid. They're just no, aviators. No, they're not. <laughs> no, they're not even close to aviators. They're a hundred year old man fucking glasses. Well, they, I mean, they might, they might as well be the perfect. fucking Ben Franklin trifocals. They're, National they're perfect. It was fucking terrible. Mike, f- what about you? What was your favorite? Uh, ring camera. Ring camera. Mine was the, the checkbook copier. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. You just like instant copy of the whatever last check was written from, you know, just putting the imprint on there. Fantastic. I had that in my notes and it came up as a typo of cheek took. And now I know what I meant to type. Cheek took. Yeah. Checkbook. 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 Got it. So nobody Um, liked the robot dog. Robot dog sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Stop. What the fuck? There was nothing stealth about that thing. How did they get up to it looked like the little thing that used to drive around in the opening of Star Wars scenes. It was fucking terrible. How did it get up the steps? And it just went to prove that you know, the only person who was a more of a creepy old man in this movie than Roger Moore was Q. Because he goes creeping up in the end with the little robot dog into the shower. And he got that smile on his face. Creepy old bastard. Listen, Q I mean, got what, some. I mean, what, whether, whether, it's with the, whether it's Octopussy or, or yes. this movie, he's a creepy old bastard. He, he got laid and he, he needs more of it. What was the name of those '90s dog toys that everybody had growing up? Beanie Babies. No, they no. were like a robot dog. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh no! I'll tell you what, guys. This might be. It's it's not even a Bond car, but one of my favorite cars in yeah the Rolls in, Royce. No, the Corvette. Oh, the Corvette. You get the Corvette. <laughs> it and is it's, slick, it's, man. But it's it's Russians driving an American car, right? Isn't like yes. fucking yeah. uh, Gogol driving the the Corvette in this? The uh, the, the spy lady is. Oh, Ivanova, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Gogol's yes. Gogol's sitting outside, like uh, waiting for them to to finish the business. Now, don't forget about the uh, the half car that Roger Moore drives. Oh, the, oh god, half that, car that that that's for chasing fight scenes. It's got to be a gizmo. Half the car disappears. The, the fuel tank goes away. And somehow this thing is able to drive around Paris. It's got to be some kind of gadget. Do we talk did... about the, the razor that was also like a bug finder? <laughs> it's just that, like that actually is a good one. Popped out like this electric razor and just, just scanning all over the room. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty essential to the movie. Yeah, Most of these gadgets don't really even play a part in the movie. I feel like a lot of them. A lot of them don't. <laughs> I mean, I also like that. Uh, that they have an audio recording of just the two of, of like just him yelling at Tibbets. <laughs> yeah, that's my. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's uh, brilliant. And we touch on it. I did like that Rolls Royce, which belonged to Albert Broccoli. So that was kind of cool to slip his uh car in there. Ooh, Do you think point. he got that car as just like by putting so many Rolls Royce into his films, or just like hey? Like, why don't you just take one for yourself at this point? They gave him an extra to toss into the lake. Obviously, it had no engine. So Grace Jones made a actually did that stunt herself of pushing that car into the lake. Okay. But uh, probably got a few cars along the way. Well, I'm just saying, like, Broccoli has a Rolls Royce in a good amount of his films. They're just, like, doing a solid for that. British aristocracy, man. It is. Can't knock it. I was a fan. Guys, I mean, we, we all touched on our own favorite 
guns, cars, gadget here. I think a lot of them didn't even come into play when it's all said and done. But, you know, Q's dog was entertainment, you know, comic relief. I mean, I, mean, I, said, it earlier. I said it earlier. James Bond doesn't fire a weapon. Yeah. It doesn't fire the PPK once. Rock salt shotgun. I was at a Might 4. as well 0. be sawed off. Seriously. 4.0. Relatively weak. Some cool gadgets, but nothing. Game changer. I, mean, I the, was the, also the cool, for soup. The coolest gadget in the entire movie, I think it's probably the only reason I went to five, is the iceberg submarine. Ice, <laughs> iceberg submarine was cool. I, <laughs> yes. I liked it. Yeah, uh, I'm a fan. I did, I did really like the Zoran ID system, too. I like that scene. That mm-hmm. was cool. Also, but, uh, I'm at a four. I'm sticking four. Mayday's fishing rod was kind of cool. Killed uh, the guy instantly. I'm at a five. Five point oh. All right, we're we're all kind of around the same there. Two fours and two fives. So. Yeah, yeah. Not, not great. Not nothing to write home about. That that's amazing. Not terrible. On to better things. Supporting cast. Yeah. Give me one minute. I'm gonna uh, refill ice because. I'm coming in. I'm coming in with fisticuffs on this one. Coming in hot. <laughs> coming in hot on supporting cast. I don't know. This one seems kind of low for me. Mike Mike's a big fan of the supporting cast. I mean, if you throw in if you throw in Ivanova and Jenny Flex. Yes. I mean, we'll we'll wait for Mike to get yeah. back. I don't want to get into any any big yeah. details on him, but you do have you but do you have can, some good. You can talk. I'm 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 on the AirPods. So I'm listening to you talk the entire time. Yeah, no, I get it, but I yeah. want you to I want you to start. You have the high score, so you should yep. you should start the conversation here. But you got you got a lot of characters to talk about here. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So supporting cast, uh, I'm going hot take on this one. Eight point five, and my eight point five is entirely because of Mayday. Hell yeah, brother. Mayday. And I'm, I'm Hell coming. yeah, brother. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Where I'm the fuck in. did that come from? <laughs> Suple's becoming a professional wrestler. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah. Suple's cutting promos. Uh, hey, add that to a, to a soundboard, will you? I will. I will. Hell I will. yeah, brother. So this movie is entirely driven by the villains. We, we talked through Max Zorin, but Mayday makes this movie. Mayday is this movie. She's got the memorable kills, both terrible and good. She kills a guy with a fishing pole, and then she is ruthless Godfather style from the back seat in the middle of a car wash. She's got a great escape where she dives off the top of the the Eiffel Tower and escapes with a parachute and then lands, crashes a wedding, and goes into Max Zorin's boat. She is not only the villain in this movie because she knows the entire she knows the entire plot. She bangs Bond in this movie, and then she becomes the hero of the movie. She takes the explosive out of the silver mine and sacrifices herself. Mayday is both the villain and the hero of this movie. She's controversial, but she's also memorable. I don't really understand what she's doing in this. There's some really awkward scenes. The martial arts scene with with her and Christopher Walken is, is strange, and it's overshadowed by the fact that she then has a, a 60-year-old Bond naked in her bed, which is another really strange scene. But then she becomes good. That was a good scene, uh, though. Great scene, but just very, very confusing nonetheless. Yes. She said she'd take care of him. But look, yeah. I'm, I'm, it was I'm an okay scene. I did like Bond in that, that scene. Most I did remember? like Bond in that scene. I'm, I'm going to go out there and say it. I think, I think it was 
a very good job by him to avoid being caught out of his room by being in Mayday's bed at that point. There's only it, he does make like a face as he kissing as he's kissing her. Yeah, I feel like um, there's like a little bit of a face like oh, and he like I mean, rolls his eyes. The whole idea of them having intercourse is terrible, but the <laughs> the the scene in general where Bond realizes, oh shit, I'm gonna be caught out of my room at this point when the tape recorders shut off and everything and you know he'll him going through the stables and and everything will be exposed that that little piece of it i enjoyed where he's like oh i can just jump into mayday's bed and of course he delivers a great james bond line and everything is forgotten at that point but anyway mike i agree with you mayday fantastic i don't think this is a hot take by any means i think i think mayday is a great henchwoman i think a lot of the times when you read a lot of these critic rankings and a lot of people that criticize Mayday are criticizing her because they don't know if they should put her in Bond girl category or in henchwoman category. Sure. I think I think as a Bond girl, she's terrible. She is not the Bond girl in this film. She's the henchwoman. Yeah. And as a henchwoman, she definitely drives the score up. I think, like you said, the the scene off the Eiffel Tower was iconic. Awesome scene. I think anyone who, who watches the film is like, holy shit, really, they're just drop, dropping off the Eiffel Tower right now. You did, you did highlight that the kills were, again, ruthless, ruthless and, kills. And I actually missed one. She's also the person that sends the henchman who's not part of the plot off the blimp. She's the one that pushes the button that watches that guy fly yes. out, too. Yep. It's like, not only does she kill the guy on the blimp, not only does she kill a guy with you know, a floating butterfly on a fishing pole, but she also just straight up strangles Tibbets. I mean, she's vicious, and she's also the person that pushes the Rolls Royce into the into the water. Yeah, you uh, you wanted to say it was a hot take. I that's the only thing I disagree with. Everything that you sure. said is right. that it's not a hot take. I agree with every point that you made about Mayday. It, it is not a hot take at all. Yeah. She is one of the best hench people in Bond cinematography across yeah. the whole the whole set of hench people. She, I mean, she'll, I, be, she'll be upper half, at least, could be considered top tier. As a villain-hench-person duo, are there any others more memorable than Max, Zorin, and Mayday? Maybe I, I would, Gold, maybe Goldfinger, Goldfinger maybe? Trevelyan, Zanya? I would, I would also yep. say Scaramanga and Knickknack are memorable. Yep. Yes. Uh, I don't think as, as, as a duo. Well, as a duo, they're memorable. But yep. not as I would agree. Obviously, Knick Knack doesn't have as big of an influence as someone like <laughs> Pun intended. But no, no pun intended. <laughs> but it's definitely a memorable duo. I think Grace Jones hit the ball out of the park with this one. She was fantastic in every way. Mike, you did call her a hero. I think it was more of a revenge kind of thing at the end. Instead of being a good guy, I think it was a good girl. I think her act of blowing up herself and getting rid of the bomb was more of a vengeful act than a heroic act. That's right. Zor- I disagree. I disagree. Zor- with two friends. How? Yeah, but how is that but how is that how is that vengeful? She got left in a mind to die, so she decided to sacrifice herself. She could have just let this thing go, possibly dove off. Oh you know. with a plot plot hole, yeah. She could have let it yeah. go and the brakes would have yeah. been fine. I don't know why she didn't, but I think she just wanted to give the ultimate FU to Zorin. All right. Are now, are y'all ready for a hot take? I'm going to give y'all a hot take. Okay. The rest of us supporting cast. <laughs> Listen, Mayday is, I would say, a top 10 
inch person. The scenes that she's in where she's, I guess, performing action sequences are flawless. However, her acting stinks. Absolutely stinks. There's a reason why she doesn't have a career pretty much after this movie, whether it's typecasting or what, but her acting absolutely stunk. That's my hot take. I won't disagree with it. I won't, I won't disagree with it. I'll give you, I'll give you that hot take, Trey. <laughs> you, know, you know what else stinks in this movie? Money Penny. Money Penny stinks. 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 No, stinks. Not only stinks. Money Penny, the entire stink. MI6 stink yeah. in this sure. stink. M stinks, stink. money penny stinks. Hey, what happened to the girl? That what, yeah, what, what happened to where, where's the intern? Where is she? Q stinks too. His his, his grandpa God. dog stinks. That yeah. scene stinks. He's like, he, he's, 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 he's getting he's gonna get he's gonna get thrown under the bus here because that scene stinks. I love him, but that scene stinks. Okay, let's talk about who doesn't stink now. Jenny Flex. Jenny Flex does not stink. Jenny Flex. As you said, Trey has a has a good shout. Could have could have been more character development there to be a potential Bond girl. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to see a little bit more from her. Honestly, she's pretty mysterious, very dangerous. She's there in that mob scene where uh, Mr. Tibb is getting strangled. She's just like chilling yeah, there, gassing up. Bob Conley, from from a guy who's from Texas, this guy's Texas accent stinks as well. This guy's from England. He's trying to do a Texas accent. It's it's offensive to be quite honest with you. As a guy from Texas, this guy <laughs> absolutely stinks. I hated his character. Who else do we got here? We got we got Tibbet. Tibbet, I, I, I love Tibbet. Tibbet's okay. I I thought Tibbet was lame. I, I think okay. he he offered nothing to me. He just he was just there. He was he was comic relief without the comedy. Like yeah, there should have been more comedy with him, and it just didn't, it didn't deliver. I think um, he just deserved a better death, but it was a good death. But that well, was a good death. Can we talk about Chuck Lee for a second? Sure. I don't really have much to offer on this guy. Well, I wish that Chuck Lee was Felix Leiter. So Chuck Lee was supposed to be Felix Leiter. Yeah. Why can't we just get Felix back into this? And why do we have to deal with an entirely new CIA agent? So there's actually actually a reason to this. I looked this up. The reason was because in the San Francisco – Felix couldn't pass working in the fish market? Like what what is the problem? Yeah, basically. So – they made the determination that they were filming so much in the Chinatown section of San Francisco that they needed somebody more ethnically appropriate. So they okay. invented the character. It's also the reason they killed the character off. Oh, okay. It was originally supposed to be Felix Leiter. And look, I agree. I think it should have been Felix Leiter. Why, why wouldn't it be Felix Leiter? It's funny, like th- this movie is a tale of what could have been. It shouldn't have been Roger Moore in this movie. It should have been somebody else. It should have been either Timothy Dalton or Pierce Brosnan. Not Sean Connery? No, definitely not (laughs) Sean Connery. Even though Sean Connery was 52, he was still five years younger than Roger Moore at the time. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Think about about that one. It could have been David Bowie as the villain. We Mm. could have had Agent Triple X in this movie. We could have had Felix Leiter. Instead, we got this dog shit. Well, you got Gogol. Gogol is back. Yeah, we, we got Gogol back. But, you know, I guess Gogol needed a paycheck. And uh, yep. Paula Ionova, who reminded me a lot of a lot of vagina and Austin Powers <laughs> of that hot tub scene. Vagina. <laughs> yeah, well, their boobs just floating up. Yeah. Uh, and the bubbles. And the bubbles. And the, and the bubbles. That was one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah, we're going to get to that. But, but guys, 
let's let's wrap up the the henchmen and supporting cast scores here. I uh, think I think everything that was said about Mayday was spot on. If yep. if this if this score was solely judged on just the hench person, that might have been a nine for me for sure. you know Mayday being sky high. But everything else kind of drives it down. Like yep. I said, I don't like the MI six cast here. I, I don't think I don't think M and Money Penny were any good, and I think nope. the scenes that Q were in were weak. Nothing, nothing against him as the actor. Love him to death, but you know, leave the dog at home. <laughs> yeah. uh, you do get Dolph Lundgren appearance, which you know, minor, uh, minor, mi- minor, 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 little, little Maybe half a point second, five bump, half half second there, <laughs> but love it. But I don't like Tibbet. You get Gogol, and I didn't like Chuck Lee. So after Mayday brings this score up to a nine, it, it eventually comes back down to a seven for me. I was at a 7.5. I normally love Q. This was a rare miss on Q. Lois Maxwell's last movie, Miss Money Penny. I love how her last scene was her basically crying. And the actress Lois Maxwell wanted Money Penny to be killed off. And I think that would have been an interesting take. But. 7.5 money pet uh mayday excuse me drove the score everybody else was mediocre at best um i agree except for the mediocre part there's a lot of people that stunk in this i drove the score down to a six for me super so uh, apparently also before she wanted to be killed off lois maxwell pitched cubby broccoli on money penny getting a promotion and becoming m and oh, they so basically and they basically laughed at her to be like, no, there would never be a woman as M. And then flash forward to 1995, they hired Judy Dench. So, the know, best Bond girl of all time, Judy Dench. She, she was just slightly ahead of her time. Now, since we're talking about Mayday, I have to play the clip of my least favorite scene. Because she delivers one of my, my least favorite lines of this entire fucking movie. Wow. What a view to a kill. Yeah, I, I absolutely, like I, I fucking hate it. I that was like the only it. moment that I enjoyed no. Mayday's acting. That was it. It's terrible. Because again, terrible. Max Zorn elevates everyone in this movie. Wow, it's a nice city. <laughs> hey, hey, when I went to San Francisco, when I was driving over that Golden Gate, wow, what a hole! I don't know. This is just me. I just I cannot take like when actors in like somehow insert the title of movies into scenes it just fucking annoys the hell out of me just so stupid it's we're so very stupid different. we're very different i always love it and i'm like that leonardo dicaprio meme from uh once upon in hollywood when i point and i'm like there it is there it is <laughs> i agree Mike, what was your like score execution of it oh on a uh, henchman yeah 8.5 okay High score. He did high come score in here. saying he was going to be the high take, or the mm-hmm. sorry, the hot take. But I think everyone kind of agreed with your your hot take, though. Yeah, I think wasn't... everyone everyone was on board for for Mayday being a fantastic yeah. henchwoman. But I think, I think we I, I think we collectively think that. I think there's a lot of a lot of differentiation out there. I think there's a lot of people. I think she is a very polarizing Bond character. I I would agree with that. And I think that's what I was kind of referencing before about, you know, mm-hmm. where critics rate her as a Bond girl or a henchwoman. I think, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. because, because we're structuring it the way we do yeah. and we see where she actually falls that, you know, the score runs high on that because mm-hmm. – 
we we all kind of see eye to eye on where she she belongs in this rating system and see how shitty Stacy Sutton is to be yeah, honest yeah. but look, look I think it, it is part of the reason why we are the definitive James Bond movie podcast right this yes, thing sir. gets broke this thing gets broken out into certain segments where good parts of movies are highlighted and celebrated the Max Zorin's the the Mayday characters and and other parts are criticized or you know in Supel's Bond girl case tap dance thumbs 0.5s yep. You know, and they're and they're judged against themselves. Yeah, I, yeah. and agreed. To y'all's point, Mayday's iconic. I mean, you got to be iconic to be in the GoldenEye video game. Yep, and Mike said it. Memorable. Yeah, you can't be shitty and be on that video game. But that's for sure. And she's one of uh, a handful of Bond characters outside of Bond himself that a lot of people are aware of or know of. Yeah, yep. and, and the name too. It's a solid name for a henchman. Absolutely. She had a great name. Great outfits too, by the way. Listen, I think I think we had some good discussion on duos. I wouldn't be opposed to getting on another episode and talking through some of the duos. some of the duos. Okay, I'm in. I mean, if it, even even if it's just like a half hour thing where we're you know arguing our favorite duo, you know, yeah, you would outshine a good portion of the villains, but Christopher Walken, uh, like, I think this is a great idea for another episode. Yeah, we yeah. can break down each each. Absolutely. Film, I mean, Mayday, Mayday putting like I think we were talking about it either through text or you know, Mayday putting something like "Live and Let Die," where Kananga is not a really strong villain, could have could have easily been the villain. Which but, is a shame because that was that's based on a book, right? And this is yep. uh, is a view to a kill. Is that based on a book? Sorry, I don't. Short story. Don't Short story. It was, an, it was an Ian Fleming short story. Got it. All right. I think I think everyone's point rests here with supporting cast and henchmen. Done with it. Where are we on to next? Song. Opening oh. sequence. Can, can we listen to it? Supel just jizzed himself. Can we listen to it? Look, I'm going to start with the fact that I love me some Beach Boys. Yeah. I love me some Beach Boys. Who doesn't? I love the Beach Boys. Listen, I, it's a, they don't it's belong a, here. So yes. fucking, one, I'm so fucking tired of watching James Bond ski, okay? I don't need to watch James Bond ski any fucking more, okay? Get hey, this hey. guy out of the snow. Get him doing other things. I don't care the fact that he just invented snowboarding. Yes, I don't give a shit. I'm tired of watching <laughs> him ski away from goons with guns that have nothing to do with the whole fucking movie. And the thing that I hate even more about the fact that they're playing the Beach Boys while he's skiing down is the stupid Super Mario sound, like when he hits the guy <laughs> with the thing. Where it's like, doo, 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 doo. Yeah. it's fucking terrible. The opening of this movie, I love the iceberg submarine. The opening of this movie fucking stinks. It is fucking stupid. It's terrible. 003, we know nothing about him. We're just going to dig this guy's bones up out of the snow. That one stinks, and I'm not. He was preserved. And, he was preserved. Yeah. No bones. And, I, and I'm body. not normally. And I'm not normally a fan. Like I don't typically like the the theme song to this movie. This is not a favorite uh, Bond song of mine. But when you watch it in the context with the scene with it, it makes it so much better for me. 
because I don't really like the Duran Duran song. I really don't like it. But I, I love it. I love it in the context because it saves the opening because the action is te- like the action is terrible. But well, the song with the dancing is good. And you get you get a rare upbeat bomb yeah. song. Yes. You yes. don't you don't yeah. really get a lot of those. A lot of them are slower, mm-hmm. a little bit more somber, I would say. But you have, a, you have an upbeat Bond song here. Ag- agreed with you. I love, I love me some Beach Boys, but doesn't belong in this opening sequence whatsoever. Oh, I agree. Uh, again, the ski scene is played out. Yes, yes, he snowboards now. Great. I do, I do like the discovery of the body of 003 yep. because that adds to finding the, the microchip and it, yep. it, it adds to the plot. And I do like the iceberg boat escape. But I don't think it does any justice to the fact that we're just offing double O agents and we know nothing about why. If you're well, going to off a double O agent, just, give a discovered the bit. microchip. Yes. But, but dig into a little bit. Give, give a little prequel. You know, at least in the last one, 009 had a clown suit. We watched the guy die and do something. <laughs> Instead, we just get a guy that's buried in the snow. We don't even, ah. He doesn't even get the justice. How are you complaining about this? How are you complaining given what we had the last movie, what we get this movie? (laughs) But the scene would have been been better if he wasn't in a fucking clown suit. But there was actually something happening. There was drama. The guy was being chased. He was running for his life. He was shot. He breaks into you know he breaks into the end the embassy in, in Ronald McDonald's shoes and manages to get something to the British ambassador. Like there's there, there's purpose there. There's this purpose is, here. Bond Bond is on a here. mission. Bond is on a mission to get that microchip and get yes. that from 003, who's been killed. There's there's no, purpose here. No, I the agree. only purpose here is Bond is a submarine with a girl forty years younger than him that he's going to sexually right. assault. He should be arrested. There, there's purpose. Everything serves its purpose. He pulls an underwater Frank Costanza. He hits the button and the whole boat shifts and then he grabs the girl. It's, it's ridiculous. International waters. The, uh, the opening scene had its faults, but it yeah. served its purpose. And the song and credits absolutely skyrocketed yep. the rest of the score for me. Absolutely. Um, I thought I thought the sequence was okay. I wouldn't say it was a bad opening sequence by any means. I am a little tired of the ski and snow theme, like Mike said. But overall, you get the idea. Bond is recovering a microchip off of a fallen agent. That, yeah. that, that's the basis of this opening sequence. And that has to play into the rest of the plot, like Trey and I were talking about. But once once that sound of um duran duran comes in and it is such an upbeat bond song you almost forget about how i guess dull i'll use dull the opening sequence is sure but to your point it it does play towards the plot the versus what we've been getting i guess with some of these roger war movies and the openings like for your eyes only which stunk this one does kind of play towards the plot it's just the california girls or whatever Beach Boys song we get, I don't even remember. It's so out of whack where it doesn't even fit in the film. Like, it's, it's nowhere. No need for it. No need for it. Um, and, I, and I am a Beach Boys fan. I yeah, like, love I like the, Beach the Beach Boys. Boys Big Beach Boys guy. They don't belong in a Bond film right here. Absolutely not. The submarine's great. The opening scene of the actual, like, music video that we get with the opening credits where the girls are zipping her, her blouse and you see they're in Unveiled 007. 
and you got A View to a Kill, the song playing by Duran Duran. It's absolutely fire. I love it. Yeah, I think I gave it – I'm going to double check. I gave it 8.5, guys. Love it. And I believe it was George Lazenby who had the original idea for this opening. You want your score first, Soup? You, you want me to crank the opening lines? Crank it up. My code are 15. Me seeing you with a view to a kill Face to face in secret places Feel the chill it really is a great change of pace and kind of distinguishes itself. And it's part of the reason where I, I went a little higher on this one. I went, I went 8.5. I was the same as Trey on this. I thought it was great. Song, song and opening credits, fantastic. Carried, carried the score to one of my higher song and opening credit scores. It's and probably, song, it's probably song my alone, Yeah. Song alone is top five easy, but yes. the, the credit with it boosts it even higher. Correct. Yep. Maybe maybe a top three song and credit like combo. Uh, I'm like I'm trying to make a list, and I'm very moody when it comes to these like songs. I'll boost Agreed. some, and the, and like this one is like creeping up top three as far as like, right. the combination. With the combo, you're absolutely right. Just perfect match, and it's rare to get a perfect match like that. Listen, I I don't think I can put the song below a top five for me. You know, just in general, the song itself like it's on the radio a lot and you guys know like whenever it's on xm i drive and snapchat it i'm like i'm like yes a bond song on the radio it's still relevant i disagree with you there i think i think the theme song is pretty cheesy but i think the 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 video accompaniment saves it and i think it saves the the total opening sequence here i think most of this opening sequence stinks for all the points that i laid out but i like the I like the marriage of the song with its upbeat tenor accompanying, you know, black light sequences and all that's with it. It's, it's a nice change of pace. I was a 6.0 here. I'm not going sky high. Yeah. I, it, honestly, it would be a 10 for me. If it wasn't for the beach boys. And if it wasn't for Roger Moore's lackluster gun barrel, it'd be a 10. Soup, what, what was your score there? Soup? Uh, I'm at an 8.0. 8.0. All right. Should we go? Move on? Move on. Or we're on it. We can talk about the ski chase. Yeah, chase chase fight scenes. Quintessential chase and fight scenes. They stink. Yeah, it's awful. They stink. They're no. all terrible. Everyone but one stinks. The Paris scene does not stink. You mean yeah. uh, when Drax is a uh, Eiffel Tower uh, bid, uh, bid fell through and it remained in Paris? I think it's two different scenes. There is the chasing up the stairs. There's some drama going on there. And then she dives off the top of the Eiffel Tower, and then it turns into a complete and utter mockery. You get the, the half car. The yeah. half car is involved just, in there. It's just, it's just <laughs> a complete and utter mockery. Uh, the horse chase scene is interesting. That's an original. You don't really see that too much. It's so short. It is, but it's something different. I needed something more from it. That's why I couldn't really, I couldn't score high on it, like to to boost my score because I just didn't get enough of it. I wanted to see more of like <laughs> a Bond just getting absolutely harassed by these randos, just like getting whipped. Well, let me ask you this question: Like when Bond steps into the saddle here and like has to has to get his feet in, do you think like his old balls are hanging down his leg that he can't like? What, does he have to put it like one side of the horse to the other? Like, how does that work? For his sake, I hope they're shriveled up. 
<laughs> I just think well, like gravity has already served its purpose and, and they're just hanging, man. It's why the crowd in San Francisco had to be kept so far back and they were cheering while he was coming off the roof because his balls had hit the ground. So they knew he was safe before he ever even stepped <laughs> off the ladder. <laughs> what was his motto? Don't die. <laughs> yeah. Just five year plan. Get it right. Yeah, five year plan. Wait, Eiffel Tower scene was great. The car chase part sucked. Ski chase, we've seen it plenty of times before. We talked about the fire truck. Yeah. There's not, not a so lot much, there. There's not, not so much a chase scene, maybe an escape scene when a Bond is in the Rolls Royce, hops out underwater, and sucks the air out of the tires, which is impossible according to Mythbusters. Nothing really exciting. Even the blimp chase where he's dangling at the end is boring. Yeah. I, why this scored so low for me, the most iconic, I would think the most iconic scene in this movie is when they're on the Golden Great Bridge. Yes. And that fight scene stinks so bad. There was so much potential there, and it just fell flat. Um, I gave it a 2.5. That was my score on this. Soup? 3.0. Mike? 3.5. I was a four, so ah. still still not a high score, but not as low as you guys. The notorious low score is the high score. <laughs> I, hey, I enjoyed Paris. I enjoyed <laughs> I enjoyed the Paris scene, and I thought the horse chase was original. It's good, so I, yeah. I, I, original. I scored I scored a little bit yeah, for, for that, but not not too high. <laughs> On to quotes. Who wants to start the quotes? Listen, I liked. I love a morning. Uh, what's her name? Jenny Flex, she says, I'll have a morning ride. And Bond says, well, I'm an early riser. <laughs> That's a great one. Our girl Paula saying that she, you know, the bubbles are tickling my Tchaikovsky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's probably my favorite one, honestly. Zorin and a Bond at the scene. Oh, you slept well? A little restless, but I got off eventually. <laughs> yep. Also good. See, I really like the early scene we played where Bond creeps up on Stacey Sutton and Starts introducing himself and just rolls off with a bottle of champagne and it's like, oh, I'm English. And she's like, oh, I never would have known. Like, and she just <laughs> fucking just totally dismisses him. Yeah. What a pickup just, line, though. Uh, what else we got? So does anybody else want to drop out? Goodbye, Max Zorn. Yeah. Another good. I feel like Zorn had the zings in this. Or like Zorn even, had a few good ones. More, more, more power. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> more power. We saw a lot of a uh, classic Zorn there. Yeah, guys, I gave it a six. There's a lot of uh, decent quotes in this for how bad the movie is. Even like Q, who kind of stunk in the movie when they're talking about Mayday, Q's like, oh, she must have taken a lot of vitamins. And Bond's like, yeah, just like Pegasus, the horse. That was a good, that was a good change. There was one where, where Bond had to drop the line where it took a lot out of me. The, uh, the scene with Money Penny, where they're going back and forth and he was talking about his, his trip to Siberia. Yeah. And he says, well, yeah, it, it took a lot out of me. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. The, the underrated part about that iceberg scene is like, Oh, it's a, you know, 72 hours steam back. Um, there was another good one. Bond and Sutton bond says, will you keep still? And Stacy Sutton says, do you know what I'm sitting on? And James Bond says, I'm trying not to think about it. <laughs> uh, underrated, but yeah, that's underrated. I, I had a chuckle at that one. <laughs> would y'all would y'all score it? I had quotes at six point five. I thought I thought there was a a good amount that actually made me laugh throughout the film. 
whether you know you're enjoying the film or not some some of these one-liners some of these like back and forths they'll make you laugh so yeah. i think i was a little bit higher than most of you but i had 6.5 on that. quotes i ended up being at a 5.0 after re-watching some clips and shit today and walking was just so good solid mike where were you at 5.5 5.5. All right. All right. Conclusions. I'll kick this off. I rubbed a lot of things into this conclusion. I was a 6.5 on this, but I included the diamond mine or the, sorry, the diamond, the silver mine scene Same. Where, yeah. where, where Zoran just goes full psychopath and yep. is just firing off on everybody. I, I mean, also put it in there. It is, it's controversial, right? Roger Moore hated this Bond movie. Because of that scene, he was basically out there trying to say that this is not what Bond movies are. I disagree. I think Bond's a dark character. I think the movies are dark. I think psychopathic bad guys should do things like this. You know, I was a 6.5 on that. I thought a lot of that, while comical, the fact that they can silently fly a blimp in and scoop up the Bond girl off the ground... I like the fact that after shooting up the entire mind, but his plan going awry, Max Zorin decides, eh, screw it. I'm going to take Spawn Girl and see what I can do. I appreciate the improv- uh, the improvisation there. I love his creepy, sadistic laugh right before he lets go and dies. You know, 6.5 for me there. I share the same score. And my favorite part of the movie is when they're about to fly Bond into the bridge. My background picture for those who can see. He just like gives a three finger wave out the window to Bond. Diabolical madman. The fight scene at the end should have been better. It could have made the movie a whole ton better. The mind scene was brutal. Even like when Mayday sees her dead friends and has a change of heart. Powerful scene lifting up the bomb with the old crank. And then the old Nazi doctor with the dynamite blowing himself up. Good ending, minus the whole shower scene. Yeah, you had you had a whole lot going on at the end here. I think Trey touched on it a little bit. A venue, I, I would use venue, uh, as the Golden Gate Bridge is so iconic that you kind of just have a weak ending there. It could have been a lot better. Yes. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll say that. It should have been a lot better. I did, I did lump in a few other ones here that haven't been mentioned yet. Those assembly, assembly line deaths, I guess, or like captures, whatever, when, when they're in the stable there and they, they discover uh, Zorin microchip factory and, and like basically put the guy in the casket and like he gets punched into the, to the box and then gets sent away. Like I thought those were funny. Whether they were deaths or just or not, I don't know where they would get counted as because I don't know if the guy actually dies by getting put in a box there. <laughs> <laughs> but you get you get your your blimp death that we talked about that was ruthless cold-blooded mayday's death where she just takes the bomb she takes the hit she she's strong enough to to lift that the lever like soup said and just ride that out all the way out of the tunnel so i scored it a five it was kind of middle of the road for me it it had a lot of potential to be better and it just it didn't hit it yeah i gave it a six um what kept me from doing a five was I really enjoyed Max Zorn's laugh that Mike pointed out right before he kind of let go. Like he knew he was about to die. He just throws out a chuckle before he falls to his death. I didn't mind Mayday's death. Um, it's heroic. I would have enjoyed because we saw Mayday and Zorn fighting earlier, kind of, I mean, sparring, I should say, earlier in the film. I would have really enjoyed to see them kind of fight on the Golden Gate Bridge instead of Zorn and Bond. I don't know how you could make that happen. I don't know what pieces needed to fall, but I think that would have been a more captivating scene than old Bond and this 
martial arts like black belt just grappling to Zorn just losing his balance and falling to his death. Um, yeah, I, I really think, hated that. Trey, I'm I'm with you. I think if Mayday was involved in that final fight sequence would have been really cool. Maybe if they somehow scaled down the Golden Gate Bridge down to street yeah. level or something like sure. that and, and Mayday joined at that point. I don't I don't know how you meet the two. Right. Whatever, but I agree. I think that would that would have done a lot more for the film than what you sure. actually got. I like Mayday's ending. It's very rare. I don't recall another <laughs> villain or turn going out on their own terms. She got to do it her way. She was in control of her own destiny. Chose Jaws. Save the day. Jaws. I was going to say Jaws. Jaws. Yeah. Did not die. He did not die. Yeah. He survived. You don't know they that. Had... No, they did. At the end of yeah, Moonraker, they, that, they yeah. said they found him. But she was the only one who picked her own fate and sealed her own fate. So uh, I liked Mayday's closure. Sure. I, I, and I liked it. I thought it was heroic. I just wanted to see a more action-packed sequence than... Stacy Sutton tripping and falling and making <laughs> the blimp like kind of crash and just like this old Nazi guy fumbling a, a dynamite and it explodes. Like I, I just, I hated that part of it, but I enjoyed Mayday's heroic mm-hmm. death and I liked Zorn's laugh, which I can't go higher than a six. I'm at a six, five, five. I was five. Mike. 6.5. All right. I'll wrap first with our low score of the night. Trey. Trey had plot at a six, Bond performance a two, Bond villain a nine, Bond girl a three, guns, cars, gadgets a five, song opening sequence 8.5, supporting cast a six, Jason fight scene 2.5, quotes a six, and conclusions in death a six. Sound right, Trey? Correct. All right, so that had you at a 54. And then we had Soup, not too far behind you here. Well, too far ahead of you, I'll say. <laughs> soup had a plot at soup again correct me if i'm wrong because you're changing on the fly a lot so let me uh let me hope i got this right you got plot at 6.5 bond performance of four bond villain 8.5 bond girl 1.5 damn straight <laughs> damn straight all right guns cars gadgets of four song opening sequence an eight supporting cast a 7.5 chase and fight scene a three quotes of five conclusion and death is 6.5 correct so you were at 54.5. You had, Trey had you by a half point for low score. And then Mike and I actually were equal overall. I'll cool. go Mike. I'll go Mike first. Mike plot at 6.5. Bond performance at a 3. Bond villain an 8. Bond girl a 4. Guns, cars, gadgets a 5. Song opening sequence a 6. Supporting cast 8.5. Chase fight scene a 3.5. Quotes a 5.5. Conclusion and death a 6.5. Total for 56.5. And then for me, plot at a six, Bond performance 3.5, Bond villain 8.5, Bond girl 3.5, Guns, Cars, Gadgets a four, song opening sequence 8.5, supporting cast a seven, chase fight scene a four, quote 6.5, and conclusion and death a five. So also, same as Mike, 56.5. Fellas, I think overall this scored higher than I thought it would when I was going into it. I don't like watching this movie. I would say this is a a bottom five for me personally as a personal rewatch, but as a score, scored okay. Better than some of the other films that I've scored so far that I would probably prefer to watch before I watch this one. 
look, this is one where its parts are greater than the whole. You've got a great villain. You've got a great hench woman. You've got um, what a great could song. be the yeah. What could be a potential for um, a good plot, and it's just squandered with a horrific Bond girl and an ancient Bond. You know, and when you've got a really bad Bond, just not something that you really want to watch, no matter how good its components are. Well, Mike, our average score here for Bond villain was 8.5. That's going to carry it. Our average score for the supporting cast here was 7.25. And the song opening sequence Mm -hmm. average score was 7.75. So those three alone out of 10 categories are, you know, Mm -hmm. shooting it up a little bit. I mean, I know we harp on it. I know there's a lot of Roger Moore fans out there. I don't know how you defend someone who's 57 years old and still trying to perform in an action movie. I just you need someone else here. And that really took away from the movie for me, honestly. You've got 14 movies in the Bond series and Moore has done 50% of them to this point. Yeah. And we're talking about the last one he's ever done. I mean, look, compare this to the last one that Connery did. Both of them are great. Yeah. yeah. Good. And yeah. We're on record saying that we applaud him. Like any one of us, if we're in the same position, would do the seven Bond films too, despite being Absolutely. 57 years old. Fuck everyone else. I'm making the money. Look, Absolutely. Connery, Connery came Take out. the money and, and run. Correct. Connery had said either at the time of the release or shortly after the release. Roger Moore or Connery? Connery said that the, the character of Bond should be played by somebody in their 30s and that he was too old to play it at the age of 52. Connery, uh, Moore was older than Connery at the time. Yeah, so, and how old, how old was Connery in Diamonds? Wasn't he over like in the forties? He was like, uh, yeah, yeah late forties, I believe. Yeah, he was up there. and then he plays yeah. Never Say Never again. <laughs> he was fi- he was fifty two when he did Never Say Never. Listen, Diamonds, and, Diamonds and was old five Connery. Yeah, he was old. He was old, and we we yeah. pointed that out. He was old, mm-hmm. and Roger Moore was old in more than half of the films that he did. Roger Moore was old when he started. He started exactly. at 37. Minus his age, I enjoyed him overall. Some bad scripts, but as a person, like, I hate to knock on Connery, but he had some attitudes, some poor behind-the-set stuff. You never heard that about Roger Moore, so I got to give him a little credit there. And after Bond, he went on to do some great things as a person. feel bad for knocking on him for this old stuff, but it is what it is. <laughs> but hey, you- I, don't, I don't feel bad for that. Nope. I, I don't feel bad for, for sliding up for being old for the role. But again, like Trey said, any one of us would do the, the exact same thing. Take, mm-hmm. take the money and run. You got a contract for, for all these bonds. Might as well do them and, and make money on it. Cream, get the money, dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Exactly. He was also the, great uh, in Boat Trip. The, the point I do have to make, though, about Roger Moore is you can't put any other bond in his shoes, I would say. So if you take Connery or Lazenby or Dalton, any any one of those, and put them into any one of these Roger Moore films, it'd be a completely different film. Right. Roger Roger Moore makes these films his own. Sure. And and for that, I commend him because you know if any one of the other Bonds were to do these films, they might have been even worse. Yeah. Potentially, it's, you know, you're no never guarantee. gonna know, but. You're never going to know, but his, nope. you know, his take on Bond was certainly his own. I, I'll say that. There was, there was not really a mimic of Connery's past or Lazenby 
You know, he, he did his own thing. He put his own stamp on the character. He did not try to emulate anything that Lazenby or Connery did. He decided, I'm going to make this my own. It's going to be a little quirkier. It's going to be a little funnier. The he did try in the beginning, different. and it didn't really it yeah. didn't really come off for him. Yeah. And then he realized yeah. that, and he moved off of it. Well, the, the, other the, piece, the first few, he, he tried to do a few things that were similar, and it just didn't really come off for him. Yeah, but right. the other piece of this, right, you know, the first one comes out. It came out in 1962. The most recent is going to be released a few weeks from the time of this recording. And up until that point, no one has done seven Bond movies. Right. We'll never see it again. It's a record that we're never going to see again. I, I just don't think anyone could pull it off as, as well as he did at his age, honestly. We harp on it, but, I mean, you think of James Bond. If you're not thinking of Sean Connery, you are thinking of Roger Moore, honestly. What was that song from uh, Spy Who Loved Me? You know the yeah, song? That's, that's uh, not uh, that's not him. Uh, no, that's Sean, not the case. Conner, Sean Connery the does case. it better. Nobody does it better. Uh, Sean Connery does it better. I don't think don't he does. Do the twisted no, soup. Nobody, right, yeah. right, no, nobody could have done this movie better. All right, all right, we're cutting, we're cutting them off. If Bruce Dickinson wants more cowbell, we should probably give him more cowbell. Say they. And Bobby, you are right. I am being selfish. But the last time I checked, we don't have a whole lot of songs that feature the cowbell. I gotta have more cowbell, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be doing myself a disservice and every member of this band if I didn't perform the hell out of this. Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. 